Hello, everyone. My name is David Hernandez, and you're listening to As the Pokeball Turns. Welcome to another episode of As the Pokeball Turns, a Pokemon Go podcast where we discuss news, events, and other topics around Pokemon Go. It has been about two weeks since you last heard from me. I hope you're all having a wonderful day, a week, life, you know, wherever you are at the moment. Last week, the news was very light, to be honest, ironically, considering the event we just came from. And unless you guys were very eager to hear me talk about Mega Aggron for an hour, there really wasn't much else that couldn't wait until today. Now, don't get me wrong, I do keep a little notepad of content that I can go over whenever stuff is light, but I felt it was more appropriate just to release the next episode of Trainer's Eyes, that's episode 5, which features Pokemon Trigger Please from the Purified Podcast. In that episode, he does talk about his journey in Pokemon Go, like every other episode, but he also talks about his deep dive into PvP as well as factions, and he also talks about his side of how the Purified Podcast came to be. Definitely give him a listen if you have a chance to. Before that, as I told y'all, I believe the last time we talked, I did have Javi and Marie come on and they got to talk about how this game brought them together as a couple. It is time to talk about some changes coming up for As the Pokeball Turns. Currently, the release dates for new episodes of Trainer's Eyes has honestly been sporadic and are currently reliant on Niantic's schedule whenever they release new content or there's just a dead spot with the content. Now, the key word is the biggest problem is that what I said is that I'm currently reliant on Niantic's schedule at the moment. As you can imagine, that's really not the best reliability that I should probably have as a podcast. I always prefer to have consistency with things because it keeps me organized, but it also gives you expectations on when to expect new episodes. With all that being said, both this show where I talk about news, events, and topics around Pokemon Go, and Trainer's Eyes, a segment where we get to hear from you, the community, on how your Pokemon Go journey started, where it has been, and where it is currently going, will now be taking turns on a bi-weekly basis until the end of this year. So next week, we will have episode 6 of Trainer's Eyes, and then after that, I come back on and talk about whatever news are going on and get the chance to talk to you one-on-one, and then the following week, we'll have episode 7, Rinse and Repeat. In addition, I have decided to designate a specific day for Trainer's Eyes, which will be every Wednesday. So every two Wednesdays, you will get a new Trainer's Eyes episode. And the main reason why for this is that I just have always had a fascination with Hump Day. Even when I first started this podcast, I used to always play Numble Sounds and stuff like that. And I still have a special spot in my heart for the Numble. So I felt like it was a perfect fit. But anyway, that's all I want to talk about in regards to the scheduling. Now, before we do finally get into the news, I need to talk about these video teasers real quick. These videos are arguably some of the best content Niantic has brought out since, I would say probably since the debut of Raids. Because when the Raids came out and they had like all of the legendary birds, it was Lugia Oho, Articuna, Moltres, and Zapdos. And then I think it was like a Pikachu that somehow made the determination of the Raid boss being defeated, stuff like that. Like, that was good, and I always sometimes go back just to look at it, just to see how far we've come. 
But since then, I mean, they've done some videos, but I don't think they've ever been to that degree or that high quality. I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Like they've never been that impactful compared till now. Like these Ultra Beasts, if you haven't got a chance to just check out the trailers they drop for them, the videos they're releasing of Guzzlord with Cartana, with Celestila, all those are just amazing. And just seeing them come into different parts of the world. I think one of the videos is Paris and others Japan. Then of course, San Francisco. It's just such good stuff. Like I cannot give props to Niantic enough in regards to how well these videos have been put together. And I think that's all the updates that I want to talk about for the podcast at the moment. Like I said, again, next week we'll have episode six of Trainer's Eye, so I won't be on the show normally like this. I'll be with the guests, which if you listen to the end of last episode, you already know who it is. But anyway, without further ado, guys, let's get on to the first topic of the day. The first thing I want to talk about is, of course, reviewing the Test Your Metal event. I'm very late because the Test Your Metal event is already passed. I think it's probably a couple days once the podcast released. But the best part about talking about this event is it's after every other podcast, every other content creator has already kind of covered it. So I get to steal their content. Especially while we are still waiting for better boxes in the shop coming soon. TM, baby, not likely. We'll see. It's amazing how many steel puns there are with steel. It's just so much fun. Like if you just zinc of one, just like that. Now, the interesting part when I listen to everybody else covering it is a lot of them called it heavy metal. But this is the like unforgivable sin. Like how can you call your segment heavy metal, but not a single one that I could find played any metal music whatsoever in your podcast, in your videos. It's like going to Arby's and they're how to roast beef. It's like going to KFC and they're out with chicken. It's like going to Australia and there's no Australians. Like what's the point, right? But don't worry. I'm not going to let you down on this one. Let's hit it, guys. up today i'm not sure if it's just me but that felt honestly more like rock than it did metal maybe i'm thinking of heavy metal like for me rock works you up to like wanting to burn the world down metal makes you want to light the match i don't know maybe it need to be more heavier i couldn't really find anything closer to that i tried my best without trying to break any copyright laws or whatever but anyway the test your metal honestly was just a very great event a lot of steel pokemon are just meta relevant whether it's pvp or pve Y'all need to hopefully have a team of Metagross at this point. That way, when we get Pokemon like Xerneas coming back and its shiny form comes back eventually, you'll have your Metagross team. PvP, there's so many Pokemon, I don't even know where to begin. It was definitely just such a quality event. The spawns were great. And it really felt like it made it worth to play. I really like how Niantic has recently made type-focused events. So we had the Psychic Spectacular, although they need to work on that name, to be honest. This one, we had the Test Your Metal event. And it's just a welcome change of pace besides the weird mesh where they mix Pokemon in a very weird way. Like, sometimes it works. And don't get me wrong, I'm not expecting Niantic to have, like, a ballpark event every single time. 
I'm just saying that just having an event based around types is very welcoming and sometimes just simpler is better. Now I did have mixed feelings about the origami and toilet brush raids being regional and it was mostly due to how they divided it over a horizontal line compared to the usual vertical line. And that's just because it just was difficult to get Celesteela raids unless you either had some friends down in that area, if you wanted to wait through the 200,000 wait time through Poke Genie and all the other apps, like it was very difficult to get Celesteela. I mean, I don't even have it in my decks because, I mean, my rule of thumb is I'm not going to pay money for a raid boss that doesn't shine. You know, if they had released the shiny form of the toilet brush, then I would have definitely considered using some remote raid passes and finding an alternative way that I'm, I'm not going to wait through 200,000 people. Like, I swear to, you know what, that I would never wait for that long. But I was like, eh, eventually they'll come back. You know, they always do. Heck, they might even flip it to where we get Celesteela up here and then Cartana will go down south. I'm not too worried about these Pokemon being exclusive. So if you missed out, don't worry. To be honest, they're not even that good. I know people were really big on the Origami Kartana being available because it's going to be the top grass type attacker, which again, yes, that's actually pretty useful, especially when Kyogre comes back into raids and stuff like that. But if you missed out, as long as you got some solid grass and electric attackers, you'll be fine. I always compared a Kartana to like Gengar, where it's just a glass cannon. It does a lot of DPS and it has the right moves, thankfully. Thankfully, it didn't get the Niantic treatment. It actually got some decent moves. Celesteel, on the other hand, I think is like a very spicy pick from Ultra League, from what I remember reading. Don't quote me on that. But it has no use in PvE. Steel flying. If you've listened to this podcast enough as it is, I've talked about how useless flying type is. And steel type, you have to compete against Metagross. And let's be honest, a Meteor Mash Metagross is really top dog for a long time. But anyway, that is the Test Your Metal event. I know a lot of people were not happy about the regional side. Should Niantica maybe did the line how they did with Uxie, Mesprit, and Azelf? Just did it like from east to west instead of just doing it from north to south? That's my opinion. I think if you want to do it that way, I think east to west makes it easier because there's a lot more availability when you do east to west compared to north and south. And that's just due to how some of those countries are very underdeveloped. Some of them are not even allowed to play Pokemon, let alone even trying to host raids. But yes, that is the Test Your Metal event. With both the Origami and the Toilet Brush leaving raids now, we do get the introduction of the Shiny Baking Bird Yveltha. Now, I believe this is going to be the Shiny release as well. The first time the Yveltha Shiny has been released into Pokemon Go. And it is a very nice Shiny. It turns from a black and red to, I believe, a white and red. I don't think the red changes at all. If it does, it's probably very small. It's going to be very sought after. You will not have as much difficulty getting to rates for this Pokemon as opposed to the Toilet Brush. Now, the way you defeat this Pokemon is you either want to rock its world with some rock types, shock it into oblivion with some electric types, give it the cold shoulder with some ice Pokemon, or sprinkle it with some fairy dust. I didn't know how else to really talk about fairy Pokemon. Like, what else do they do? Like, just fairy dust, I think, right? Electrotypes do make up a huge portion of the best Pokemon used against it. We do have the Ultra Beast from GoFest if you happen to rate it like Zerkatry, Zekrom, Therian, or I called Mist Leg Day Thunderous, Raikou, Zapdos, and that's basically the top electric types. For rock types, you have things like Smackdown right here, which is a community exclusive, so hopefully you have a team of those. And I believe we just had an event to where you could evolve your Rhydon to get it. You also have Ramparados, which if you have some Ramparados sticking around, then definitely bring them in for this bird. And of course, you have Tarakian, which is both a rock and fighting Pokemon and is also a very good rock attacker to use against a Veltal. 
But what if you don't have those Pokemon? Maybe, you know, you missed out on some of these events or maybe you're just coming back into the game. You know, what are some of the budget options? Well, first off, welcome back to the game. You picked the perfect time because you're more than likely going to get a shiny Pokemon because I've not talked about this on the podcast, but someday I might. There's always like a weird correlation and I don't know what to call it. Like when people come back to the game, it gets easy to get some shinies. Does anybody else notice that? So if you just happen to come back and you somehow find my podcast, A, welcome again, but B, more than likely you might get the shiny bacon bird. Again, like I said, I have a very superstitious belief that Niantic gives more credence to new or returning players, but that's just my opinion. The budget options, are they the most efficient? No, but they do the job absolutely. Just because you don't have the Pokemon I mentioned, like all the legendaries, doesn't mean you can't beat this raid boss. It just means it might take a little bit longer. If you happen to participate in the recent Rock and Roller Community Day, well, there you go. You just have a good, solid rock attacker with Gigalith. You also have Pokemon like Electivire, Magnezone, Golem, Mamoswine, especially Golem, because I think we just had Geodude Community Day as well, like a couple months ago. In addition, you have the Eevee evolutions of Glaceon and Jolteon, and Eevees are usually, if you're coming back from like 2016, you more likely have some Eevees lying around. Now, oddly enough, fairy Pokemon are on the very bottom, and even some of the more fully evolved ones, like they're on the very bottom of the tier list. That isn't to show how bad fairy Pokemon are, to be honest, but it just goes to show how deep both the electric and rock Pokemon are at the moment for PvE. But you do have Pokemon like Togekiss and Gardevoir to an extent if you happen to be lacking any of the other Pokemon we've mentioned so far. Now, use-wise, like how useful is Evelta? Is it useful besides just the shiny chance in PvE? The answer is it definitely is. And that's just because dark types are very useful in raids in the PvE part because a lot of legendary Pokemon have a psychic typing to some degree. Now, it does face competition, especially because I've talked about in the podcast how Ghost and Dark go hand in hand. They both have the same types where they're good against. The only difference is that Ghost takes super effective damage against itself while Dark resists Ghost. With all that being said, even if you factor in the Ghost Pokemon, it does become like some of the top ones. You got Hydragon and Darkrai. That's number one and number two, I believe. And then comes Eveltal. So it's number three. And that's even if you include the Ghost types. So that means that Eveltal is even still one of the best Pokemon in Pokemon Go. And that's even without its signature move at the moment. And like I said, Dark type is just a very useful type with all the psychic Pokemon. You've got a lot of legendary Pokemon that come with that psychic typing like Mewtwo, Mega Mewtwo X, Mega Mewtwo Y. You also got the unreleased new form of Mewtwo that Game Freak hasn't even revealed yet. We got Lugia. We got Lottie Twins, the Latios and Latias. You've got the Lake Guardians with Uxie, Azelf, and Mesprit. You've got Cresselia, which takes forever anyway. You also got Tapu Lele. Sogaleo and Lunana, if they do come to raids, we don't know if Niantic's going to do it or not. And of course, you got Necrozma and Galarian Articuno whenever they decide to bring it into raids and make it not run from us on the first throw. So you definitely want to raid this Pokemon. Build up a solid team of Eveltals if you don't happen to have a team of Ghosts and Dark types. And of course, if you're lucky, you get the Shiny Bacon Bird. It might take maybe a couple dozen of raids sometimes, but you'll definitely get lucky enough to maybe get the Shiny Veltal. You just got to give enough money to the powers that be at Niantic. And then eventually they will bestow upon you a shiny bacon bird. With the Veltal coming to raids, we also get a new Niantic event and the return of Fashion Week. So starting from today until October 3rd, of course, we have Fashion Week. What it includes is the debut of Marini. And honestly, there's a lot of hype for this Pokemon in the PvP community from this Pokemon. As I always say, check out your PvP sources for more info. 
Now, PvE, Marini's not going to have much of a place because we don't care too much about defensive Pokemon. We just want to deal the most damage. We also get new costume Pokemon. Now, before I begin on this part, I need to talk about Dugtrio real quick because it's going to be one of the costume Pokemon coming to Pokemon Go for this event. Does anybody else think that each head on Dugtrio should have a hat? Like either that or perhaps only the tallest head of Dugtrio is a part of life and it carries the other two around like puppets. Like that's the only way that can make sense. But otherwise they should all have hats. Like it's something that's missed by Niantic for doing this. Hopefully by the time this podcast is released, they've maybe fixed it. We also get a very sick looking Absol with sunglasses. And I think it's the same sunglasses that are on Squirtle from way back in the day. We also get a Toxic Croak where its horn is currently puncturing through the hat. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't look like that in the game because it looks so goofy that way, but I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully that Niantic fixes Duck Trio where each head has a hat, and hopefully Toxic Croak doesn't look so weird with a horn going through its hat. In the wild, we get the return of Costume Butterfree, which I believe has the bow tie. We get Murkrow. We get Glammeow. We get Costume Krogunk. You also get the Costume Blitzel. You get the Gothita, the pink frillish, I believe. I don't think it's the blue one. And of course, Furfro will be spawning again. And if you're lucky, you may encounter the Hatted Diglett. You may encounter a Hatted Curlia or the Sunglasses Absol. Now, I always go over the what's lucky. I think this is reasonable. Absol definitely is a lucky spawn and definitely Curlia. Diglett, I feel like that should have been a normal spawn. I don't feel lucky getting one of those, but I think they should have swapped Frillish with Diglett. I think that would have made more sense in my opinion. But the other two are great. Curly and Absol, absolutely. Those are definitely lucky if you encounter them. And especially because you get Stardust bonus with Curly. That's why I'm really eyeing that one. And of course, Shiny Furfur will be making his debut into Pokemon Go, doing what Reshram should have done and go black for its shiny. It is such a nice black shiny for Furfro. Of course, with the release of Shiny Furfro, you also get the shiny of each form, which also is regional dependent for some of the forms. The shiny hunters rejoice or cry depending on how you feel at the moment for that news. I feel sorry for the shiny hunters because you're going to have to go through the entire world unless you have magical powers, if you know you know, to evolve the furfro in each form around the world. Not only that, you have to get nine of the shiny forms. I think it's nine in total. Overall, this event seems pretty decent. Costume Pokemon never really interests me that much, and it remains that way for a reason. And the community is definitely conflicted when it comes to costume Pokemon. Some people feel like it's lazy content. Others find them very cute and very adorable and just want to collect them all. I mean, it's up to personal preference on which side you fall on that. Like I said, I feel sorry for more of the Shiny Hunters who need the costume Pokemon in their collection. I'm more likely going to chase after the Furfro candy and XL candy because I think you need candy and Stardust to be able to change them to all forms. Now, I don't expect to be able to change them for a while, but I do need to XL candy to be able to max out the ones that I already do have, which I think is only four. And someday I hope to eventually get the other forms that are not currently available in the U.S. because some of them are kind of cool, but that's a long-term project for sure, and that's not anytime soon. That is the Fashion Week event. I guess, though, if we call them costume Pokemon, does that mean the wild Pokemon we catch are naked? Stuff I wonder, folks. Next, I want to talk about the Playboy Bunny, which is ready to return to kick some ass. Playboy Bunny meaning Mega Lopunny. In a world where Niantic has released Mega Pokemon in very odd orders. And what I mean by odd is where they've not really done a good job for power creep to where they release some of the good ones right away. And then afterwards, the other ones afterwards are kind of useless. I.e. maybe Slowbro is useless when it got released. 
whenever they release new ones, the old ones are still useful than the new ones, so there's not really much point to rating them. And this is even before they hold Mega Change. But however, they've actually kept Mega Fighting Pokemon locked up very tight, with Mega Lopunny as the only one released to this day. We still have not gotten any of the other Mega Fighting Pokemon, like Lucario, like Gallade, like Mewtwo um, X, uh, Heracross, you know. All those fighting Pokemon are still locked up behind Niantic's Magical Vault. Now, before we do dive into this, let's talk about its normal typing real quick in five words. Normal types suck in PvE. Let's move on. Anyway, the fact that Mega Lopunny is the only Mega Fighting Pokemon released makes it a must-raid Mega Raid boss, just for the fact that Fighting Pokemon are just so useful, whether you're doing gyms, whether you're doing raids, like, they have so much use. And especially now that Niantic has added Double Kick, only gives it more viability, since it provides energy faster to be able to get to its charge move. Now, ideally, I wish Niantic would give it something else besides Focus Blast as charge moves, but as we've come to realize, we cannot have everything, and I don't think many people are clamoring for Mega Lopunny to get a better charge move. Fighting types, like I said, remain one of the most useful attackers, whether you're battling a Blissey at some gym, or going against raid bosses like Regiice, Regirock, Registeel, Regigigas. You've got Dialgas, you've got the Heatran, Cobalion, Terrakion, Kyrium, all those Pokemon are weak to fighting Pokemon, and you cannot go wrong with having Megalopunny as an option for those. Now, there's some cases to where you want a different Pokemon or a different typing, but I'm just giving brief examples on where you can use Megalopunny. There's a reason why Mancham had such long viability in the PvE scene up till Conkeldor's release. Now, of course, let's talk about how future-proof it is. That's what really decides, you know, how much you really want to rate it. And honestly, this one is up in the air at the moment. There are definitely better Mega Fighting Pokemon stat-wise, but each one suffers from the disease known as Niantic-19. Now, if you've never heard of Niantic-19, it has affected so many Pokemon by giving them god-awful moves to use. We've got Mega Gallade, aka Seto Kaiba, with low-kick close combat. You know, it's like, congrats, you are now the new Megalopunny of the group. Low-kick is horrible, close combat takes too long to get to. We also get Mega Blaziken with its crane-kick pose from the Karate Kid. Definitely does have immense power, but it does have lackluster defenses, and it will definitely struggle to get to close combat just because of how paper thin its defenses are. Of course, you also have Mega Heracross, which is going to be regional, but more likely will be treated like Kingaskhan. It has more attack power than Blaziken and Gallade, I believe, but again, for some reason, they give fighting Pokemon close combat. I don't know why. Cole's combat just plagues this entire fighting group, like a lot of them just have it. And at least it can take a hit unlike the Karate Kid before, but it's honestly my second pick for the second most useful. And then we can move to Mega Mewtwo X, which is stronger than Mega Heracross, but has two problems going for it. Not just one, but two. First, it has to rely on Focus Blast. That's a big problem to have. It's like me relying on Niantic, it just doesn't work out too well. However, the second problem it has is that it doesn't have a fast fighting move. Ideally, you want both attacks to have the same type for Raid Boss. Now, there might be some argument to where maybe Mewtwo can get by with Psycho Cut, if I'm not mistaken. I think Confusion does more damage, but Psycho Cut gives it more energy. And if you're trying to get to Focus Blast, you want Psycho Cut. Don't quote me on that. I'm thinking on that on the top of the wind. But there might be an argument to where Psycho Cut would be okay. But finally, this is the one that would ultimately likely replace Megalopunny. And it's the current king of Mega Fighting Pokemon, if things stand the way they are. It is Lucario, which will automatically take the crown once it makes its Pokemon Go debut, due to just not suffering from 1919 and actually having a very good moveset. Now, the question is, when would they release this Mega Pokemon? 
if I was a betting man, which I am, so I'm going to take a bet here, I would guess likely not for a few more years. Yes, years. I'm not talking like next year. I'm talking like check back in 2030, maybe. <laughs> Man, maybe not that long, but you get what I'm talking about, right? And here's my reasoning. It's mostly due to the chance of getting a shiny Riolu at the moment. Like shiny Riolu is very valuable. And Niantic knows this. I'm pretty sure they know this. To where they can do egg events, throw in Mega Riolu. It's a cash cow. People are going to pay for incubators for just a chance at getting a shiny Riolu. Now, the question would be, if they did Mega Lucario raids, would the demand for Riolu in egg events still be as high? That's how I'm approaching it. I hope that makes sense. From my perspective, I don't think it would. I think that it's more beneficial to keep Lucario in the Diantic vault. Let people try to go after the shiny Riolu. You can make revenue that way. And it makes more sense in my head. That's how I'm approaching it. And that's just because Riolu and Eggs, like I said, is just a huge moneymaker for Niantic, especially with incubators, especially with the recent boxes, like huge moneymakers. Now, some of you may be saying like, hey, David, you kind of forgot about Mega Metacham. No, I didn't. It's where it belongs at the moment. Out of our minds because it doesn't matter at this point. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. If Niantic releases Mega Metacham, this would be the good time to do it. Because if they release to later, there's no point. Mega Metacham is already weak as enough as it is. There might be some argument to where you can choose between Mega Lopunny and Mega Metacham. Might. I'm not going to go on a strong limb from there, but it just seems like Mega Metacham is like the short end of the stick, especially because we don't have abilities in Pokemon Go. And that's kind of part of what holds Metacham back at the moment. Now, of course, all of what I just said can change at any moment. And the only way it changes is if Niantic gives them better moves. A lot of these Pokemon are literally just maybe one move. Just one, and it's got to be a charge move. But if the fighting Pokemon just get a better charge move besides Focus Blast or Close Combat, they become way more viable, especially with their huge attack. For now, though, there isn't a question on whether you should raid Mega Lopunny. It's more of a question of how much do you want to spend toward the Playboy money. And that's where we're at right now with both Mega Fighting Pokemon and Mega Lopunny. That's all I have for today. Thank you all for joining me for another episode of As the Pokeball Turns. As a reminder, you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or your podcast streamer of choice. If you want to listen to more, please check out my other episodes. Also, if you enjoy the show, consider sharing it with a friend, family member, anyone and everyone who plays Pokemon Go. You can also share this with your dog. I have a dog. He might not like your dog, but I have a dog. It's kind of a perfect match. Anyway, feel free to follow me on all my socials by clicking the link in the description of today's show. And I'll see you next time.